Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. All right, grab your Bibles this morning. I'm going I'm to deal with a subject I'm going to call Discovering Me. There were so many ways I wanted to title this. Another good one would be Discovery Through Conflict. Uh, and I'm going to deal with some scriptures uh, that may challenge your mindset because we seem to have trouble uh, accepting the mindset that my son preached on last week. I don't know if you weren't here last week, but you really need to get that sermon. Is it on podcast yet? We're having trouble with that, but we're going to get it lined out. Uh, on conflict is something that we never deal with. Um, uh, but I've been dealing with it uh, with messages that we've been titling, uh, Learning to be Content in Whatever State I'm In. Uh, so today I, I hope I can take some scriptures and uh, bring them to light to, uh, for you today. So I'm really in a series, uh, so it may be hard for you to remember the messages I preached on um, learning to be content, but the title of one was Judas is my friend. And we dealt with the fact that we need opposition in our life to build character and to expose things in us that we do not know about ourselves. Can I tell you the Bible says the heart uh, is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? So whether you believe it or not, there's some things about you you don't know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. Open your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter number 22, and let's just go through some scriptures here together this morning. Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse number 31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But Jesus said, But I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. Amen. When you're converted, to be converted means to be changed from one state or condition to another. Okay? To be when you're when you're converted then strengthen your brethren. And this was Peter's response. He said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both into prison and to death. And Jesus spoke up and said, Peter, I'm going to tell you something you don't even know about your own self. Are you following me? I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day, before you have denied me, uh, before thrice deny that you even know me. Look to your neighbor and tell him there's some things about you that you don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. And you won't know until the sifting comes. You, you, you won't know. Until trouble hits your house. Mm. Look, let's, let's read a few more scriptures. I'm on, I'm on the clock. Come on. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter number 5. These are actually scriptures that I've used in this series. 
1 Peter 5 and 10. If you have a Bible and the phone, make sure you got your Bible. If you don't, just use your phone. 1 Peter 5 and 10. I tell you what, let's read 1 Peter 5, uh, 4, 17 and 18 first. Now, now, people don't even touch this scripture. Nobody read this scripture because it don't fit in the context of 21st century theology. But I'm going to throw it in there because God taught me in prayer the depth of this scripture and we may get to use it. I'm not sure. But we're going to read it. Are you there? 1 Peter 4, 17. The time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. Somebody say right now. Now's the time. That judgment must begin at the house of God. And the reason we have a problem with the word judgment is because it's been preached with such a negative, con uh, uh, in a negative way. Amen. When, when God judges you, if you don't understand judgment, you'll take it personal. Because God never judges the Jesus in you. If judgment comes, it's simply judging something that's outside your true character. Can y'all receive that? So we don't know how to take judgment. We'll take it personal. When really judgment is coming to deliver me of something Jesus didn't say about me. Amen. If ever you're offended with judgment, you're protecting something you... I said, if ever uh, the judgment of the Lord comes against you and you're offended at it, it's the proof you're protecting something God wants to deliver you of. That's a word right there. Amen? Uh, when I'm offended, it's because it was revealed to me. And the reason it was revealed to you is so you could pronounce judgment on it so you could be delivered of it. Amen? Uh, shake your neighbor and tell them, don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. You're protecting something God's trying to kill. That's good right there. And that's not my sermon. So the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. I come to preach something to you today that is relevant for this moment. I didn't come to sermonize you today because God spoke to me in prayer and says, now I'm finna judge some stuff. He said, but judgment has to begin in this house before I can start judging the stuff outside this house. And do you realize when God judges a sinner, he's not condemning a sinner. He's bringing the sinner to the, to, to the he's positioning him to be saved. So God said, I can't bring judgment out there until I start judging some things in here. Because I got to get you ready to receive those I'm about to bring into you. Will somebody give the Lord a hand praise? If, 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 if judgment is about to begin here and we let it work, then judgment's going to come to the lost. I don't know what to say and what not to say. I'm just trying to say what I need to say and not say what don't need to be said. That was profound, wasn't it? Us preachers say a lot of stuff that don't need to be said. You didn't. I feel you. My kids are my biggest critic. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. It first began with us. 
What shall the end of be that obey not the gospel of God? And here's a scripture that's going to stick in your theological gullet. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? If it's that difficult for us to be saved, see, y'all don't even know what I'm going to say about that. You don't even know what to think about that. Huh? But you just meditated on long enough and you're going to find out it's easier to be nasty than to be pure. It's easy. Can I get a witness? It's easier to do the wrong thing instead of the right thing. Oh, you holy people ain't going to say anything, but can you real people tell me the truth right now? Amen. It's difficult sometimes to walk the path I ought to walk because my flesh wants to walk the other path. Huh? Amen. He said, and so if it's that difficult for the righteous to be saved, where does the sinner appear? Okay, now look at 5 and 10. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory. The word unto there means to share. God is saying, the God of all grace, who has called us to share his eternal glory meaning his perpetual nature. I've been called by God to walk in a consistent character that looks just like he is. Consistent, perpetual. Not when the sun's shining, but when the rain is falling. After that, oh, 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 this is good. This is the scripture I've never finished in, and maybe we'll finish it today. But the God of all grace who's called us to share his eternal glory by Jesus Christ after that you have what? We don't like it. We don't like it. Tell your neighbor, I know you don't like it, but it's good for you. Tell them, but it's good for you. After, after that you have suffered, how long? A while. Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. God Almighty, I, I got to get to that scripture. All right, now open to the book of Hebrews 4 and 12, and that's where you're going to leave your Bible open and get out your little color marker that you mark in your Bible with. And I want you to color and underline as we do this Bible class together. Some of y'all wouldn't know what that is. I'm going to take just a minute and to break down the character of the word. The word uh, has many characters, amen. Uh, and I'm just simply going to let you in my prayer closet Bible study time. And I'm going to just, uh, uh, at the risk of boring you and not preaching my normal style, I've got to pull you into the depths of the character of the Bible you hold in your hand, even if it's in a phone, amen. It's still the word of God, right? Uh, so I need you to see the nature because it's contrary to what you believe about the Word of God. And I've come to the conclusion if we don't come to the Word with the proper respect of what it is, we don't get to glean from what it has to offer. Amen. If we don't come to the Word, amen, with a complete understanding of its purpose and its plan, Amen. Then we simply miss what it's really trying to do in our lives. Amen. So I, I, first of all, I need you to understand the character of the word of God that you hold in your hand. Amen. Uh, Hebrews chapter number four and verse number 12 and 13. It says, for the word of God is quick. 
This is the uh, King James Version, but we're going to try to make it understandable. For the Word of God is quick and powerful. Amen. For you that have a different translation, you're seeing that the word quick means alive. Amen. In other words, this book is unlike any other book. And you do yourself a great injustice if you come to this book as a history book. Amen. Because the Bible says it is alive. It's a living organism. Amen. And may I go just a little bit further than that. Not only is this book alive, it's a man. Oh, my, my, my. I said it's a man. This book is a man. I said this book is a man. Huh? And some of you are asking, well, is it a man? Is it a God? I said it's a man. Amen. Matter of fact, it's the son of man. Amen. Are you listening to me? It's God wrapped in man. Are are you following me? It's a man. And see, uh, the reason that's an indictment against you is because everything this book requires of you was personified in a man. Amen. So there's no challenge in this book that a man didn't come and walk it out so you would have an example of how we're supposed to walk it out. Amen. Somebody shout, you're without excuse. Amen. This is a man. It's a lie. Taylor, that's why it says, when you eat eat my flesh and drink my blood. When you come to this Bible, you're coming to a living organism. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. Somebody shout, it's a man. It's a man. It's a man. It's a man. It's more than a man. Amen. It's the son of man, but it is the son of God. He personified the nature of God. So nothing you read in this book is required you to do anything that a man did not do. Oh, I need somebody to hear me, amen. But he was Jesus. He was the son of man. He was born through the womb of a woman. He learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Somebody shout, he was a man. This word is a lie. It's a living organism. That's the reason it never gets old. It never gets irrelevant. Amen. I got news for these new agers. Amen. The book may have been written in antiquity, but it's relevant for today. It's still alive. The word of God is quick and it's powerful. 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 Amen. That word powerful is the opposite of the power that is dunamis. Dunamis is explosive power. Amen. But this word power actually means it's effectively energized. Yeah, it's it's effective energy. Because sometimes power, amen, can explode and be destructive. Amen. Some of you can explode with healing power. Amen. And the explosion destroy the sickness and destroy you with pride. Oh, you didn't catch that one. Amen. He said, but not this word. He said, it's effective energy. If you would understand what you're opening up when you open up this Bible, you would start gleaning from an energy to fulfill the content therein. I'm going to say that again. If you understood the energy this imparts into you, it would help you start operating in the energy that this Bible contains. The energy to be effective. It's quick and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the dividing sunder of the soul and the spirit. 
unto the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. 13. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. Now wait, we were just talking about the word and now it just gave the word a gender. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in what? Somebody say it's a person. His name is Jesus. There is nothing that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him whom we have to do. Amen. So let's, 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 let's work this just a little bit to get to where I'm going. Keep your Bible open. Keep your phone on, on that scripture. The word of God is quick and it is alive and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. That word sharper there comes from the word, and I'm going to try to say these, and I'm probably going to butcher them, but you'll never know the difference. The word sharper is, is tomateros. Amen. And the reason I need to do that, because I'm going to show you where in the Hebrew, sometimes he takes two words, and it makes one of our English words. Amen. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. It's tomatoros. Amen. Sharper there simply uh, means to cut. It means to cut. Amen. Not does it just mean to cut. It means to cut by a single stroke. As opposed to repeated blows by hacking. He said this word is like the scalpel of a surgeon. I'm preaching on the character of the word. This, this book, you got to be careful when you read this book because it's sharp. Amen. It's sharp, but it'll never find its mark if you keep reading it like a book. He said, this word is sharp. He said, this word don't never miss the mark and have to keep hacking. It don't have to keep hacking. Yeah, Whitney said, that's why you don't have to keep preaching. Just, just say what you got. He said, it's sharper. It, mean, it means to cut as opposed to hacking. It means to be more keen. And with one single stroke, it can cut you to the bone. Oh my God, I'm talking about your Bible. Amen. This love letter from Jesus. Amen. He, he said it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. It, it, it cuts. Amen. And not only does it cut. Amen. It, it, it cuts deep. Stay with me. Amen. But look at this. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Two-edged sword. And, 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 and of course, you've heard it preached over and over. It's got double sides. That's Old and New Testament. It cuts with one side and heals from the other. Amen. All of that is really good. But I want to stick to the original Greek and Hebrew definitions. Amen. Double edge comes from two words, distomos. Amen. Which one, the dis means twice or again. And tomos means to open the mouth and use your voice. Amen. So this word not only speaks but it'll speak twice and it'll speak again and it'll speak again and it'll speak again and it'll keep speaking to who you are and what you are until who you are and what you are is transformed to what it is. Huh? Somebody said he's saying it again. 
He's saying it again. That's a word for somebody. Amen. That the, the word, amen, keeps telling you the same thing and you're praying a prayer for something else. But God done said something about the situation and he ain't going to... He's saying it again. He's saying it again. He's saying it again. You're wanting to move on because you're not wanting to deal with the character that he cut. Amen. He's saying it again. He said it's, a, it's, a, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. Talking about your Bible now, characteristics of your Bible. The word from sword is makahi, and it's a knife. Not as a, uh, it, it, it's, it's a knife, amen, but it's figurative of war. This is important. It's figurative of war. Matter of fact, if you go deep enough, it's actually figurative of judicial justice or judicial punishment. Amen. When you start talking about a sword, you're talking about controversy. Are, are you okay? I'm talking about your Bible. When you start talking about a sword, you're talking about something that is to settle controversy. You're talking about something, amen, are you following me, amen, that is to deal with an opposing situation to bring it into judicial alignment with the will of God. That's what your Bible is designed to do, amen. He said it is sharper than two, any two-edged sword. It cuts, are you following me, amen, and it will bring controversy in your life. If this book is not bringing controversy in your life, you're not reading the book from the right position because this book is in total opposition to everything you have become. Oh my God, this is just too much, isn't it? Amen. It's in total opposition to every lie the devil has made you believe about yourself. It's in total opposition to every character trait that is outside Jesus Christ. It's in total opposition to every nature, every disposition, and every reaction that is contrary to Jesus Christ. So this thing comes as a sword of judicial judgment, and it cuts straight to the bone. While anybody and everybody else may pacify your actions, this Bible will bring controversy to your life. Tell your neighbor, it's a controversial book. We're trying to get everybody to fit in. We're trying to get everybody to be happy. Can I help somebody this morning? We want everybody to be comfortable and then give them a book that is in total opposition to everything they are outside of Jesus Christ. And now we're trying, amen, to, to reconcile my dysfunction with the function of the Holy Spirit. And God said, that ain't the way my word works. Oh, God, are y'all listening to me? Amen. It's controversy. Let's go deeper. Piercing. You still got your Bibles open? Mark that word. Piercing or write it down. Piercing to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. I don't know why God's got me preaching like this right out of my, my, my own Bible study. But the word piercing comes once again. And you Bible scholars, you understand there's uh, more often two words put together than one word to help us in our English language. Amen. And it's dikonomia. Dikonomia. Amen. It's piercing. And the word dika means to reach through. It means to penetrate. Okay? It means to penetrate. 
Amen. And this is what kept throwing me off, and I hope I can make it clear to you. And the second word, Nehemiah, amen, actually means it's the instrument used to bring the recipient to a place of competent contentment. Catch that. It's the instrument used to make you fit in character and disposition. It's the knife in the hand of God. Did you catch it? It's the knife in the hand of God that is used to penetrate, and we just think of going through. Amen. It's, it's the instrument God uses to go way down deep inside of you and make your character consistent with the character of Jesus Christ. My God, I got to work this. Amen. But to do it, it's got to cause some division first. Mm. It's got to cause some division. Piercing to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. To divide asunder means to disunite. We're always talking about unity and being one. And that's a powerful sermon. Amen. But until God causes some disunity in your inner being, you'll never grow. You, oh my God, you can't never be transformed until the word comes in there and starts dividing what? Your soul from your spirit. We want to mix our soul and our spirit together and our emotions are always overriding our spirit. And our spirit can't work with our soul because we've partnered together. But when the word of God comes, it'll pierce in there and it'll put your ugly emotions over here and your spirit over here and your spirit starts judging your character. Huh? Oh, but we don't want you saying anything contrary to how I'm acting. We don't want you saying anything to the, about the way I'm behaving. huh? We're going to give you 12 steps how to function in your dysfunction. Amen. And still... Oh, my God, pray for me, Whitney. I'm working it. Amen. Are you listening to me? He said, so this word is piercing to the dividing asunder, and it's dividing me. And when I go to my, my, my comrades and say, oh, my God, I don't know what's the matter with me. I don't have peace in my mind. I don't have joy. Amen. I'll tell you why you don't. It's because the word of God is dividing your spirit from your soul. Amen. And your spirit is judging your soul. And if you're not careful, you'll go to people to say, oh, it'll be be okay. Don't worry about it. God loves you. God understands. He does love you. And He does understand better than you understand. And He knows if He don't bring this division, then there can't be no judgment. And judgment must begin in my house because I'm trying to change you and convert you from one state to another state. I'm trying to convert you, amen, from your carnality to a greater level of spirituality, amen. But we're preaching messages that are trying to weld the soul and the spirit together and the word we're preaching divides it. Oh, is this too much for a Sunday morning? He said to, to disunite. The word to pierce to the dividing asunder actually means to reveal the difference between the two. Most of the church is living in total confusion because they can't tell the difference between my soul and my spirit. Oh my God, I don't think y'all understood what I just said. And we got a bunch of mealy-mouthed, shiny-shoed, slick-headed preachers, uh, amen, that's trying to make everybody happy with a book that was designed to make you uncomfortable. 
<laughs> oh my God, somebody ought to tweet that one, amen. Why? Because it's the judgment of that thing that's going to set you free of that thing. But that has become our pet and we've married our spirit with our soul. You with me, ain't you, dude? The one behind Nathan. I don't know his name, but I can tell he's understanding what I'm saying. Amen. He, he said, it pierces way down deep. Amen. We have superficial conversations that never change us on the inside because we're always dealing with feelings and emotions. He said, not my word. It, one swipe. One swipe of my word. Amen. It's called conviction, which we don't like in the church, little boy. Just, just one revealing. One exposure. Exposure. And we're, we're trying to cover up. We're getting fig leaves and covering up. Huh? Are you listening to me? Are y'all getting this word? We're covering up with fig leaves, amen. Because we want to go to church and we don't want nobody to know that I flew off the handle. Uh, that that little discolored word come out of my mouth. And, you know, so I got all, uh, you know, uh, that my beverage wasn't Coca-Cola. It was... Oh, I wish I could just say what's in my mind, but I'm just afraid it would cut too deep. Amen. Are you listening to me? And all the while, while we're just applauding you because you put on a good show here, you go home with division in your heart, division in your life. Amen. The soul is all mixed up with the spirit. When he said, my word, can we go deeper? It's, it's a desert. Oh, 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 here we go. He said it goes to the soul of the spirit, even to the joints and the marrow. The soul and the spirit, amen, is that immaterial part of you, and the joints and the marrow is the material part of you, amen. It's your structure, amen. This word is so powerful, it goes down in there and invades that dark mind of yours that you don't let nobody hear. Huh? I need y'all's help right here, okay? I just need y'all, I need to at least wake up. Huh? Yeah, 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 that, them, them dark thoughts you have, amen, that doubt you're living in, huh, that you wouldn't say nothing to nobody else, but I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing with a big smile plastered on our face, I'm finna help somebody, amen, but not God's word, it goes all the way down in there, it kicks the door wide open and walks right up in your stuff. Hey, and here's the deal, you're, you're, you're thinking you're really made out of some stuff you don't know you're made out of. You've convinced yourself you're stronger than you really are. And you build a world around it and you call it strength. But God said, I'm going to expose some things so I can heal some things and show you what real strength looks like. Oh my God. He said, I, I'm, he said, because he said, I'm, I'm not like a preacher, amen. I'm, I'm not like your best friend. I'm not like your wife or your husband, amen. He said, I penetrate plumb down between the soul and the spirit. And he said in that next scripture, there is nobody that's not manifest to me. That word manifest actually means naked, not covered, exposed. We've learned how to cover up our true nature. Come on now, I'm just going to work it. I'm just pastoral today. We've learned to cover it up. We're sitting in these services. 
we got our best on. Huh? We sitting there smiling. Except for Scott. He's looking at me like a... Are you listening to me? How you doing, sir? I'm good. God bless you. In the name of Jesus, sis. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Ain't God good? Huh? Are y'all okay? This is how some of y'all come to church. Hey, you're so lovely. God loves you. He just loves you. Ah, amen. Are you listening to me? This is going to get too real this morning. I can tell already. Huh? Amen. And all the time, we got on fig leaves. We got on our fig leaves. We have sewed them together ourselves because God exposed that for it to be healed and you covered it up. I'm going to say that again. God was exposing that for it to be healed, but you covered it up. Amen. Are you listening to me? But God, the word is standing here and saying, I'm going to tell you right now, everybody's naked this morning. <laughs> I said everybody's naked he said when it comes to the word of God amen he said some of you has covered it so long you got your own self food Peter that you're this great big man of God that you're going to go to prison with me that you're going to die with me amen can I tell you something about you you don't know before the rooster wakes in the morning you done blew it three times can you see, Peter? I can't believe he's talking to me like that. Uh, I can't believe. Can I tell you, you're about to go through some things uh, and it's going to reveal your true character and you're going to be standing there butt naked. Yeah, I said it. You're going to be standing there butt naked before God and there's no way to hide it, but it ain't to embarrass you. It's to deliver you. It's to change you. It's to change you from one state to another. I got good news. I feel like preaching now. Amen. What's happening to you? You're in the spirit of conversion. You're about to be converted to somebody who's going to strengthen the brother. But God can't strengthen. He can't build a strong church on weak people. Somebody tweet that one and send it. Ah. Amen. So he said, judgment's got to begin in my house. It's got to begin in my house. It's got to begin in my house. Because if I'm going to build strong people, i got to send them to a strong house. But we've covered up feelings and emotions, and we've held on to our pet peeves. We've held on to our nature. Who am I preaching to in this place? So God said, I'm going to come, and I'm going to shake your world up, Peter. I'm going to sift you like you ain't never been sifted before. And it's going to expose something. Yeah. Are you with me? That could not be exposed while you're sitting there and everything's all right. Everything's going your way. Huh? Amen. You think you got love for your wife? You don't know what love for your wife is until I turn your wife against you. Mm, oh, y'all can't receive this stuff, amen. You, you think you got patience with your kids? You ain't got patience with your kids till I make him a knucklehead. Is it happening in your house? He said, move on, preacher. Don't intimidate me. Are, are, are you listening to me? Amen. You think you got character until somebody blasphemes your reputation. You think, Peter, that you're going to die with me, but I found out real quick before the rooster crowed, you was defending your reputation. You was shut up, oh, shut up, and didn't double 
And all the while, my, my scriptures, 1 Peter 5 and 10, right? God said, I've called you to share my eternal glory. And you only have glory when everybody's glory in you. I'm going to teach you to have glory when everybody's talking about you. When the situation is falling. Oh, somebody say, he's sifting me. He's sifting me. Hey, we're trying to, always trying to make everything all right for everybody. And God's word is constantly dividing. It's cutting deep. It's cutting deep. Your Bible's not changing you because you don't even know what you've got. You're just reading a book. Somebody help me right now. <laughs> he said, everything is manifest before me. It's open. It's, it's disclosed. It's uncovered. It's totally uncovered. Amen. So here's what I have to do. Okay, give me 20 more minutes. Here's what I have to do. I'm going to bring some suffering to uncover some things so that you can judge it properly. I'm bringing judgment to your life. Amen. Now, now that's negotiable, theological to me on the suffering thing. So I'm not going to try to get into it. That's something for us elders. Does God cause this to happen or this to happen? Amen. I'm not sold out that God causes bad things to happen. But I am sold out to scripture which said, All things are working together for my good. So God, in the dilemma, he'll expose a nature. You didn't I didn't know I was that unforgiving. I didn't know I was that unforgiving until you hurt me. I'd have never knew how unforgiving I was if you would have always applauded me. Are you following me? I, I, I'd have never knew that I had a black heart of unforgiveness. Amen. If you hadn't have injured me, if you hadn't insulted me, are you listening to me? I, I'd have never knew. Amen. And I know that unforgiveness is not the character of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to defend my actions or I'm going to let the soul stay where the soul is and I'm going to let the spirit stay where the spirit is and I'm going to take the spirit of the word and I'm going to judge that unforgiveness in my life. I didn't know I had trouble honoring until you become dishonorable. I don't know if y'all ready for this. Sifting. Sifting. I didn't really know I had a mercy problem. I thought I was a merciful guy. Yeah, because it was always given to people who deserved it. Huh? But what about that guy you want to kill? I knew it was, help me, Jesus. It's quiet tonight. I'm getting scared. Amen. I'm nervous. Can y'all tell I'm nervous? Amen. I, I, I didn't know I was so hard-hearted. Amen. Until somebody spoke against me. I, I really didn't know I had such a sharp temper. I'm Peter. I'm going to be here. I'm going to die with you. I'm going to go to the grave with you. My God, is this too much for y'all on a Sunday morning? Amen. So God said, amen, I'm going to bring you some suffering because suffering divides to two natures. It's the sifting. Amen. And when the sifting takes place, uh, it's a horrific time for wheat. But the sifting reaches and it throws wheat that is covered with a hard shell up in the air. And there is a wind blowing up there on the top of these mountains where they do this. Amen. And that wind begins to blow against that hard shell. Amen. And when God puts you through this suffering and you've been crushed because they stomp on it first 
because there's good fruit on the inside. But it's covered with a hard shell. So they, this is where some of y'all are right now. You're in the first step of your conversion. Some of you may get saved today. Somebody high five your neighbors. It's going to be a good day. Huh? Amen. There always has to be continual conversions going on in my life. Going from one level of glory. And the only way to the next level is up there with God crushing the old hard shell of my life. And then he takes the sifting winnowing fork. He throws it in the air. And the wind will blow out the old you. And the new you falls back to the ground. Huh? Because the new you's got weight. The old you is light. Oh my God. Are you listening to me? High five your neighbor and say, let it work, my God. Judgment must begin here. We just come to hear a little sermon. 20 minute sermon. Go on about our business. Give me a preacher that can preach me back on <laughs> You know why? Because I can't grow and I can't see me until the true light of the world, sh the word shines on me. I want the knife laid to me. Is anybody in here? Somebody shall let it cut. Let it cut. But the good thing about it, he ain't going to hack and hack and hack. He just, okay, now you're divided. Let your spirit judge your flesh. Right now, right now. Let your spirit judge your flesh. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. <laughs> and God divided the light from the darkness. Y'all got to get Wednesday night. He separated it so I can make an assessment. Now it's an assessment of truth because it's not mixed with my old soul. Did y'all catch that? I'm, 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 I'm actually in the middle of a situation right now to where my character is being questioned. My character's being questioned. Things are being said that I never did say, wouldn't say, don't have the spirit to say it. Amen. And at first it got to me. And I said, oh my God. And I wanted to go around protecting my character, protecting my, my, my reputation because I never would. I never would. I never could. I, I just can't be that way anymore. Amen. But it's being blowed out there right now. Amen. And, and I was, thank God for my elders. And I was just, I was just telling my elders, you got to pray for me because this is one thing I can't stand is for my name and my reputation and my disposition to be marred and one of my elders had to go to cut me. He cut me. He cut me. Come on, cut me. I'll just tell you who it was because I'm still praying about it. Yeah. He said, it sounds to me like, I can't remember his words, but what I heard was, it sounds to me like you're trying to protect your reputation. And Jesus made himself of no reputation. Are you listening to me? He said, it sounds to me like you're trying to save your life instead of losing. Oh, is anybody listening to me? It cut deep, but it exposed, it exposed narcissism. Oh. oh my God. Remember that conversation? I said, oh my God. Oh my God. You know what I wanted to tell him? Listen to me, you little twerp. 
You just listen to me. You may be getting some gray hair, but I'm older than you. I've been saved longer than you. I know more scripture. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Amen. But I'm telling you, I love the word because it exposed a part of me. Amen. And you know what? It died in that prayer room the other morning. It died. Another piece of me died. Amen. And I will not defend my character because God is my defense. And every lie will be exposed in the truth. Oh, I need to get that out. Like a big old burp. Somebody say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the, I may be a preacher, but I'm still country, amen. Are you listening to me? So I'm sorry if you got caught up in the aftermath of the demise, but God reminded me, Judas is my friend. I need, and I'm not even talking about Judas as being so deceptive. I'm just talking, I need people. You need people who is against you because it will help you manifest a character that it's way deeper inside of you. And his name is Jesus. Jesus would have never reached his destiny without the kiss of Judas. The kiss said, literally, and you'll overlook this if you don't read your Bible. These people did not know what Jesus looked like. Isn't that crazy? That, I, didn't, I didn't realize. They didn't know him from Peter. They didn't know him from anybody else. So Judas said, when I kiss him, I'm saying, that's Jesus. It's my kiss that's going to reveal the true Christ. Got it? And the Bible says that he betrayed him. Can I take a drink? I don't normally do this, but, but I'm thirsty. <laughs> Woo! So the Bible says that was totally uncalled for. Listen, the Bible says he was betrayed with a kiss. And God spoke to him and said, every level of betrayal you go through and embrace it, the betrayal stands back and says, that's Jesus. Did you catch it? Every time you're falsely accused and you forgive, the betrayal itself has to stand back and say, that's Jesus. Oh, are y'all getting it yet? I'll move on when you get it. Every time your husband misuses and abuses you and you react with the character of Christ, amen, the very action itself stands back and says, that's Jesus. Oh my God, I don't, I don't feel like y'all getting it like I got it in prayer. Shout, Scott, do something. Woo! Thank you, I can move on. Because we just react any other way and then we put fig leaves on our actions. Wow. 
God said, not me. I'm trying to get you converted. I'm trying to bring a conversion because there's a deeper calling for you to strengthen the brethren. And I can't strengthen weak people with weak people. So judgment has to begin at my house. And if it first began with us, and I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God, thank you that we're so special. He starts with us. <laughs> Judge me first, Lord. Judge me first. Can y'all receive this? Judge me first. Judge me first. I want to be first in line to be cut. Uh, because if there's something that's still eclipsing the life of Christ, I want it exposed. I want it revealed. Some of you think you've got faith. The only reason you've got faith is because you've got a job. <laughs> Some of you say you've got faith. The only reason you've got faith is because you ain't experienced a delayed sickness. Because delayed sickness will reveal what sort of faith you really have. You, you, you think you would follow God to the grave? It's because you ain't been through hell yet. Because you can't make that statement you made this morning until you've been through hell. Then it carries some weight. Oh, I didn't say you made it in flying colors. I'm just saying you were on that platform this morning. And you were declaring what thus, are you listening to me? Amen. Are you listening to me? What thus saith the Lord. See, that's when, that's when the congregation really feels it. When the person says it is living it. Y'all with me? My God, I'm finna quit. I don't want to, but I'm finna quit. I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not to preach the rest of this. But I want to leave you with this thought. The reason it takes a kiss of a Judas to really work its work is because if someone betrayed me I wasn't emotionally attached to, it couldn't penetrate to the soul and spirit. It may hurt my feelings, but it wouldn't keep me awake at night if I wasn't emotionally attached to you. It wouldn't, it wouldn't expose all it needs to expose if I wasn't so attached to you that I can't get rid of you. Because see, Judas, the Bible says, was one of the twelve. Jesus was emotionally attached to Judas. I don't know who this is for, but it's for somebody, and I'm going to shut her down. It will normally be the people closest to you that can cut you the deepest. If it was anybody else, you would check out. But you can't check out because you're tied to them. It's your brother-in-law. It's your mother-in-law. It's your wife. I got an amen from Stevie over there, I think. Come on, Stevie. Yeah, you seen that elbow. See, that just revealed a trait of retaliation. See, it just got exposed. It just got exposed. Turn that music down. Somebody's shutting me down already. I ain't ready. Turn that music off. I'll let you know. Oh, it's him. I know we're, we're kind of making this comical. But when Judas kisses you, 
it cuts way deeper than if my enemy would have cut me. It was the people who should have had my back. It's the one who should have been protecting me. That's why, wives, you've got to send your husbands to me because there's some things us husbands don't know that we're destroying. We should be protecting. We should be covering. And we're wondering why we're in deficit. It's because you don't know how to supply your wife. But God's put you in some can I, can I help you right now? It'll make you want to hate Judas, but you can't hate him because you're emotionally attached to him. And you have this love-hate relationship. Oh my God, who am I talking to? And you can't just write them off because they're in the same house. They're in the same family. You're grilling pork chops and Judas is putting the sauce on it. God, this is just too real, ain't it? What hurts the worst is I can't just kill you and get away with it. If I could just kill you. Thank you, Sister Helen. If I could just kill you, I'd be all right. God said, no, no, no. I'm you. That's your best friend. Judas is your friend. Because he's exposing the true content. So that he can separate it. So you can judge it. I'm going to tell you something right now. And, and, and I don't think it's self-preservation. But I've seen this happen when I was coming up honoring a pastor. Your pastor sometimes will get it wrong so you can check your loyalty, your forgiveness, your long-suffering. Flat wrong. So anything I ever did get wrong, which ain't much, God made me do it. So there, that's the moral of this story. <laughs> Fluky, I've had you tell me one time, look, you're doing the right thing, but the wrong way. You need to tweak it just a little bit. But sometimes it wasn't even about the the person who got it wrong. It was about your response. Because it would have never been revealed that you had the intent to be malicious about someone you used to respect. Oh, my God. Until something happened. But you know what we'll do? We'll swap churches. We'll run. We'll run. Sometimes you have to. That's not my point. Sometimes you've got to go, amen, I'm a firm believer. If I, if I don't like the food at McDonald's, I'm not going to eat there every week. But sometimes when we're going because of insult and injury, we need to look in and say, you know what? If I expect Jesus to forgive me, I better learn how to forgive him. Stand with me all over this place. I did it. 1229. I did it. So the rest is on y'all. Okay, thank you, sir. Are y'all proud of this guy? Are y'all proud of this guy? (laughs) He is becoming a really, really close son of mine. I, I feel it. I feel something happening between him and that young lady right there in our lives. I just need you to know this before you leave. God told me that Life Church, now is the time for judgment to come here. So my goal was today 
to help you understand it. Have I done my job? Really? Do you understand it? And in about 40 minutes to try to help you understand, you keep looking at the circumstance and throwing rocks at it when that circumstance came to reveal something in your life. But catch this, not to condemn you, but to judge the situation. Does that make sense? It's making everything come alive to me now. Kobe sent me a text here a while back. To me, it, uh, it worked here. If you don't understand the situation, the very situation will cause Judas to hang himself or Peter to become the greatest man of God that ever was. If you don't understand this judgment that's coming to you, you'll start hanging yourself with condemnation. You'll self-destruct. I know that went another way, that, but don't that fit? If you keep hanging yourself because of the judgment you're, you're, the, you're, you're taking as condemnation, there is no condemnation in this thing, but it's full of judgment. Because judgment is justice initiated. So it's not against you, it's against a, a, a soulish response that's keeping you from being converted. And when you let the spirit of the word judge that thing, my God, Lacey, I thought you was just going to preach my sermon. It'll execute vengeance on that thing and say, that is not who I am. And then all of a sudden, you start stepping into the perpetual, eternal glory of Jesus Christ. The only thing I didn't get to is, after you have suffered, I'm going to make you perfect. I'm going to establish you. I'm going to strengthen you. Peter! You're going to go through hell on earth and you're going to think you blew it. But I already know you're going to be converted. So when you are, you're going to be able to strengthen people around you. You're going to look to people who are lied on and ostracized and say, look, let me, let me help you. Don't go try to clean that mess up. I'm so glad to have a prophet around me. I don't know if my prophet's listening. But we went into prayer and my prophet come and told me, don't touch it. Don't defend yourself. So this is the altar call for you. I don't want you to raise your hand, but I'm going to ask you a question you're going to answer in your spirit. You feel like you've been sifted right now? You feel like it's being cut deep? You feel like that the circumstances are just trying you beyond what you can really handle? Well, I got a scripture for you. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials. As though some strange type thing happened to you, but rather rejoice. Because the trying of your faith is more precious than pure gold. And he said, and when it produces the glory, you're going to be really happy. Isn't that a cool scripture? Don't, 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 don't fight the trial. Let it expose who you are. He said, because when the nature of God is manifested, you're going to be really happy. You're going to be really happy. So this is the altar call from right where you're standing. Of course, number one, if you don't know Jesus and want to be a part of something greater yourself and need to surrender your life to Christ, these altars is open to you as, as bliss is just playing. But for you, others, I want you to right there where you're standing. I, I dare you now that you have a little knowledge to pray, Lord, let judgment begin right here. Let judgment begin right here. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.